Welcome to the State of Men. I'm Aiden Dowling. And I am Mike Watts. In today's episode, we're going to talk about men and money. Moolah. The green, green. Not the, not that kind of green. The other, the other kind of green. I mean, you, you can make wallet. money with that kind of green. So That's very true, too. Uh, Mike and I will share our own money journeys and break down some of that breadwinner mentality so many of us claim we don't have but kind of probably still do have <laughs> but uh first and foremost mike is in the mountains today how is it I going callus bell montana and it, that sounded like that? the isn't that isn't that like isn't there a, a like a hunting gear or caleba 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 isn't that it cabela's cabela that's okay yeah. my bad see that's how un un into the outdoors min ship i am so sorry about that it's okay <laughs> i was like oh that makes so much sense montana but i'm wrong so there is a cabela's sense. um across the street actually from my hotel so we could, I right. could go videotape or go take a picture for later today and send it to you if you would desire <laughs> um the yeah it's actually beautiful it's nice to be in the mountains leaving from miami so it's good to feel it felt very relaxing to show up here and i went on a hike yesterday and just myself and i'm gonna go on a hike with some of the people from the group but it was nice. I couldn't believe, like, I tried to figure out the best lighting for us recording because we were recording at 8 o'clock mountain time over here. And it's still dark outside. And I was like, Where, crazy. Where's, the, where's the sun? But it's so overcast because it snowed. And so I have the reading light from the hotel bed is what's pointing on my face right now. It's the only way I could make it like, where I'm not <laughs> sitting in the dark. And, so it did uh, snow? You've got snow on the ground? Yeah, It's like a dusting, yeah. There's nice. Probably, I mean, cool. I can still see the ground through the snow. And, right. Yeah. Right. So it was cool. It was nice to get, you know, and hope, I think that's pretty much it for the day from what I read yesterday, but who knows? So it feels good. It's cool to be here. I love it. I miss the I miss like after moving to Texas, I definitely miss living in Oregon. It has just a, it's just, I lived in a mountain city. So Eugene, Oregon. So if anyone is familiar with like college football, that's where the ducks are, the Oregon oh, ducks. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have the best oh, yeah. jerseys in football by, by, they're yeah the they, they're like the, they're sponsored by nike that's why right yeah there's i actually watched recently i love seeing behind the scenes and they mm -hmm. there is a if you can go on youtube and look up the oregon ducks football team tour there's a guy that did this tour of their their facility is insane for college football it's it, it's like it's mind-blowing minus they the professional like 70 million dollars or something yeah 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 Nike is very invested. Don't they have a new, like, don't they have a new jersey every game? Or is that not true? I don't, it's something like that. You yeah. don't even know. Yeah, yeah. It's well, pretty wild. It's just like the money in college football is crazy. Right. But that was a mountain town. But Montana's bigger mountains. Montana's like snow top mountains usually, right? Yeah, with the, gla like, Glacier National Park's 30 minutes away from here. Yeah. So cool. That's and it's so beautiful. Cool. Like, I'd yeah. highly recommend. On our road trip, Kate and I spent three to four four days in montana mm. uh i loved it it was it was amazing the first time i ever saw uh, snow top mountains was i was uh when i was with jane lee so in 2013 not that long ago nine years ago was the first time i ever seen saw them 
And we were driving through from Long Island to Oregon, and we stopped off in Denver because we had a friend, Joe. What up, Joe? Um, in Denver. And I just was like blown away, like real snowtop mountains. I mean, I've yeah. gone to like Massachusetts and the Berkshires and stuff, but I mean like real ones that are just enormous and you will i would die climbing one because i would freeze to death and probably fall off right um so i just remember we we drove up to this like one specific spot in denver and you can stand on these rocks and they just go straight down but your view is just mountaintop after mountaintop it's so gorgeous and i just remember like feeling this sense of like shakiness in my body because it was just so beautiful it was just like Jaylee and I took a photo in front of it and it looked like you had we were at Macy's and they had like a backdrop yeah. <laughs> you know and it was like yeah sure uh-huh you're in the mountains you know <laughs> I like how you've just compared the rocky mountains of beautiful scenery to the Macy's backdrop <laughs> well that's what it felt like that's what it looked I know, like though I get it. I get it. when I, get I took it. a photo I was just like this looks fucking surreal like this doesn't look real um but yeah, there in like when you're around the mountains, I just was so much more. We were the most woodsy I'd ever been when we lived in Oregon. It was just mm. there's just something about that grounding feeling, like reconnecting to nature, and um, it's really nice. It's beautiful, and I think you know you can get addicted to either one. You can get addicted to yep. being in the city and access to everything and so many people and so much stuff going on, and then you can get addicted to being in the mountains away from everyone. And like you're in a room with 20 people and you're like, there's too many people here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's that's it's what you said is pretty cool because I I love being in the city. But also, I think it's good to come to, you know, if you haven't traveled much, you know, it's like getting it because you get a different perspective and awareness. Right. You know, like what I have to do to go drive to the events or, you know, it's tr getting in the car when it's cold outside and, you know, it's, and everybody's living a different life where we're at. So it, it's a nice, it is a good feeling to like get out. But it, yeah, it, it is really, it's nice for both ways. Because even the, the outdoors of Florida is much different than the outdoors of Montana. Right. You know, like in the, in the mountain, <laughs> it's like two different, you're like Florida's outdoors is a little bit more it's I don't know the right like aggressive, right? It's like the palm trees and you have the iguanas and the sand and it's pretty barren in places, right? Because it's tropical. Versus here, it's very lush, right? Like you have the trees and the grass and yeah, you're walking through these mountains. I'm walking yesterday by myself and I'm just like, I could just die here and it could take people <laughs> days. I could just have a heart attack right here and nobody would find me, right? I'm like I'm by myself, like I'm out there. Yeah, And I mean, it's on our, you know, people walk there every day, but obviously it's like I could slip, fall, and then I'm dead. And I could be out there and just like go into the ether, you know, it's mm -hmm. just like be gone. Yeah, And somebody would find my body a long time ago. But it's just, it's fascinating to be in a situation like that where you're just like, this could be it. This is it. I'm just here. You know, it's like, this, this could it. be it. <laughs> this <laughs> this is could it. be it. I'm yeah. done. See you that's, later. That's right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. I mean, if anyone hasn't gone for a hike anytime recently, highly suggest it. We have a trail behind us, which is not anything close to Montana or Oregon, especially because I'm in Texas and it's fucking flat as shit um, and not lush, except unless you're talking about like 
massive amounts of bugs. We're lush in mm-hmm. bugs. There's so many fucking bugs. Um, lush in bugs. But it's nice. It's nice. And Antler always, Antler always is like so hyper vigilant in when we go. There's just so much for him to take in, and he's always tired after, and he's always like asking about this and asking about that. Um, it's cool. It's nice to be able to like really connect with the dirt, getting the dirt. Um, yeah, and it. It is a good reminder. It's like the dirt. You're still outdoors in Texas, and you can transform yourself in Texas to be in Montana, right? Like, or a place that you have memories of, because it's mm-hmm. not like it's different. Like the world, we're all connected, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the same sky is there. Like we're in the globe, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in the world, unless it's flat, the Earth is flat, right? But the, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's all the same oxygen, the breath, the air. That it's like everything we're breathing. It's happening. And so I can always, it's a good reminder. It's like when I go back to Florida, if I stand there in the ocean and transform myself to being on that mountain mm. in Montana, like I could put myself right back there very easily and feel that mm. groundingness that as we're grounding to where we are to connect someplace else. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So let's talk about money. That's like becoming one of my more new favorite topics i mean i think i've always been interested in money because i don't have i didn't have any (laughs) so i was like oh yeah i'll take some of that you can you can give me that um and just like you know for me my money my money story um is just like growing up in this concept of like you know we don't have money for that that was a very common Mm -hmm. don't we're going into the store don't touch anything. Don't think about anything because we have no money for it. Like you're only here because I have to go here and I have to watch you because you're my child, <laughs> you know. Um, so that 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 that's like my foundation um, of of money, pretty much. And and I can see that play out so much in my adult life now. That is, it's quite remarkable, and I try every day to fight those feelings of not having enough. How did what do you, you mean like, playing out in your adult life? Like it's walking into a store and be like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. We don't have the money. We don't have that. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Right. Yeah. 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 And not even to Antler, but like, you know, to myself or to, to Jane Lee and to Antler. Right. I'm just like, or even if it's something you want, right. Like you pick it up and you're like, you look at the bottom, right. You look at the bottom and you're like, oh, I can't pay that. I can't buy that. Meanwhile, it's like $12.99 and I have $12.99 in my account. <laughs> Like, We're talking twelve dollars, right? Twelve dollars and yeah, ninety nine cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah like twelve dollars and ninety nine cents. And I'm like, you're gonna, I'm gonna pay twelve dollars for this? That's crazy. I don't know, if made out of money, you know. But right. like, even, I, but even what we just said. Sorry to interrupt you. It was yeah, you're good. Twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine could mean twelve dollars and ninety nine cents to somebody, and twelve ninety nine could mean one thousand two hundred ninety nine dollars. Right. 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 So just that phrase that you just used to be like, That's oh, twelve ninety nine, no problem. Right. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's so relevant. That's such a relevant topic, right? Because um, the reality is, is that someone would think twelve ninety nine in like twelve dollars and ninety nine cents is outrageous, and another person would be like, "That's hella cheap. I'll get three. Yeah. Like, what a deal, you know?" Um, and so, yeah, so I constantly am struggling with this concept of like, I don't have enough. And what I've really started to learn is this new awareness of. Will there ever be a time where I feel like I actually have enough? Like, what's that number? And if I say, okay, if I had a million dollars in my bank account in cash, right, I would feel like that's enough, right? But then I always think, I don't know if that's true because if 
I've had the most amount of money I've ever had in my bank account, and I didn't feel like that was enough. Meanwhile, it was the most that I ever had had. So is it the money? Is it the number that really is going to make me feel secure, or is it the feeling? Like, I, And I've just tried to get more to the feeling instead of the number and just remembering, like, I have never been homeless. Like, all of these things are, like, so, uh, amazing things in life. I've never had to live out of my car. I have never had to worry about what I was going to eat. Like, I've never had to um, not have clothes or, like, new shoes I could buy or something like that, right? I've never had to do like those basic things. basic necessities. Are taken right, care of. right. I've done other things, but those, like, I've never had to survive in that way, right? Um, and yet I kind of sometimes act like I am, like I am surviving and that our money is just disappearing, <laughs> And it's like, if we spend a dollar today, we're never getting that dollar back. Mm -hmm. um, and that I feel like that really directly correlates to just like having living in a home with a single mom who worked two to three jobs, having two older brothers, and just she just didn't have the money, you know. Um, so trying to like release that <laughs> and and feel the sense of abundance regardless of like mm. the amount in the account has been I've been working on this for probably had an awareness of it for the last 10 years and working on it pretty it uh as 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 aggressively as I emotionally can for the last like eight years yeah we've had a lot of conversations about this yeah. yeah right right um for the talking about this yeah. Yeah. What's your relationship as far as money? like, yeah, like growing up to now? Is it have it you seen it show up? I, I would say before we before I share mine, I think this is a heavy topic for everyone listening. Mm. Right? It's everyone is has a different relationship with money, and we maybe should have started with this, but I think as we dive into here, it's very important to figure out what your relationship to money is, right. right? Like your personal one, because you can't look at, so my wife wrote a book on this, Kate, my wife, Kate Northrop wrote a book called um, Money Love. No. What the money, a love money, story. Money, money, a love story. And sorry, we have a course <laughs> called Money Love. It, so Money, a love story she wrote in 2013, and it was about our, our emotional relationship when it comes to money, because money is not actually real, right? So, mm -hmm. And we can dive into that in a second and I can explain it, but I'll tell you my um, relationship with money. I always wanted to retire by the time I turned 40. So mm. I knew that was going to require me to do something that created income that I didn't have to work until I, like, I've been talking about this since I was like 16 years old. Well, what did retire mean? What did retire did that, mean? Retire yeah. meant that I didn't have to show up to do work every day and could just like the work, if I was doing work that I enjoyed, it was just my necessities were taken care of for the rest of my life, gotcha. right? That's the way I looked at it. So I never had to worry about my house, my food, and clothing. Like I wasn't working to provide the necessities. Right. Is that everything is taken care of from there. So if I wanted to do something fun, I could do it for free. Like I'm about to take on a consulting client who um, – she's a friend of ours. Her business has kind of been hit pretty hard in the last two years. And I'm like, listen, mm. just make something cool for her. Cause she's really into this kit. She's helps a lot of children out. I was like for Christmas because I don't. And then I'll just do it for free. 
Like, let's just, mm. let's, let's get your stuff organized. Right. So I wanted to be in that type of a position where it's like, I don't have to make the money just to support from that standpoint. So I can offer services and things like that. So, but retirement then is much different than what I look at now. Cause now I have kids and a wife and et cetera. Right. Right. <laughs> so I will be 40 next year at this point. I'm not able to stop working and necessities <laughs> are taken care of forever. Right. I think yeah. it, by the time I turn 50, that's a pretty Maybe. good chance based off investments and things that I've made and choices that I've made over time. I think that's possible, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. a lot can happen in 10 years. So I grew up with my mom stayed at home. We, I have a, a one brother, one sister. They're both younger. And my mom stayed at home, I think, until I was 10 and took care of the family. And then my dad worked for um, Amico and BP. Um, for during that time. And so he traveled a ton. And so I was at home with my mother and until she was 10. And then she went back to work for, as an audiologist. But I remember we didn't talk about money. It wasn't a thing, but I didn't, I was the same situation with you. Like I would say very middle-class household, not low yeah. middle-class, um, not upper middle-class. We were really kind of in the middle. You know, mm -hmm. and I don't know how much money my parents made during their life. They haven't talked to me about that stuff. We never talk about money. They didn't talk about how they did money. Do you know how much your them. parents make now? No. Yeah, I don't know how much my parents make now. Either. No, I've asked them, but they, you know, it's like they won't tell you. Yeah, they. It's they, because it, it's like they're not comfortable. I think talking. I mean, I can't put words in my. My assumption is it's an uncomfortable topic to discuss. Mm. because there was some stuff of like my dad spending too much money. Mm. So the hardship during many times, I remember there was a lot of arguments around money and paying for things. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, and so there was, my dad is much more of a spender and my mother is much more conservative when it comes to money. Mm. So I inherited my dad's habits of, from that where it's just like, oh, that sounds great. And so it actually put me in a lot of <laughs> debt during college, right? I went, I left yeah. school with like $20,000 in credit card debt because I was having too good of a time type thing or 10, I think it yeah. was $10,000. Then it ended up, I increased it over time to like 33,000. So for growing up though, but I would watch people around me, like one of our neighbors got a new car every two years. And I was like, how did they do that? Because mm. I'm still driving a car my parents have had for 17, 18, maybe 20 years now. I'm like, okay. So there was the, the attitude of like you buy it and you hold it and you keep it forever. And then there was my neighbor that was getting – because he was leasing automobiles, which I didn't freaking know anything about, right? I was like, what's leasing? Right. And so every two years he was getting a new car. And then our neighbor was, was doing fishing trips, you know, like every week. And he was a foot doctor. And – so he would go and he would like, this is his, this was his hobby. And I was like, wait, mm -hmm. how can they do that? Then I started from that perspective of learning. But I've been very, I was really caught up in like getting the materialistic gains, like the cars mm -hmm. and the houses and the, the fancy clothes. I thought like owning a Versace shirt was like the success, right? It's like, it's like. <laughs> now I drive through the design district in Miami every day where there's like Versace, Versace and Gucci and Louis Vuitton stores every, you know, the, and yeah, I'm like, this is, my life is so wild. Like, this is crazy. Kate and I laugh. We're just like, we're eating, we were eating dinner for Amanda's birthday the other day. And I crossed the streets, like the Versace store. Like, what, <laughs> what is happening? Right. So it's like, <laughs> that's what I thought growing up in Indiana was like the pinnacle of success. Mm. Um, 
And so with money, I didn't have a, I would say a, a conscious relationship with it. Hmm. It was more like the money came in and it would go out. The money would come in and it would go out. And I wasn't, I was unconsciously spending it. Hmm. And so I've been working since I was in sixth grade and I had a paper out for five years and then I took jobs and I've had 30 different jobs or something in my life. So making money was always fun for me. It became a game. It became an exciting thing to be like, how much money can I make? How much more can I work? How much can I do? Um, yeah, so that's been my money journey. But I did hear a lot of like money doesn't grow on trees. I wasn't right. able to get everything that I desired in life, you know, as a kid. Uh, but there wasn't, I would just say there wasn't negative talk so much that I can remember about it, but it was just not discussed. Mm. More so yeah. than talking negative about money. And then I remember my parents like fighting about money a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think in... So my parents are divorced, so they didn't fight about money. But what did happen, which honestly I didn't even think about until we're having this conversation, is my dad would see us every other weekend. And then the weekends he didn't see us, he would take us out to dinner one of those nights. And so every, I forget if it was every week or maybe every other week, or maybe even just once a month, but he would hand us an envelope. And I knew in that envelope there was money in it, a check. It wasn't actual money. I knew that that envelope had money. And my dad would be in his car. He'd pull up into our, our driveway. He'd roll down his window. And I'd put my little bag in his car, right? Because um, I was going to go stay the night at his house. And he would hand me the envelope. I would run it into my mom. And she would be like, she would make some notion of like, thank God now we can pay bills or like, Oh, this, like mm. this money is due to me. This money is owed to me. Right. Wow. Which we are, I mean, we're his kids. So like, yeah, he's not living with us. They're divorced. Like he does have a responsibility to take care of us. But in this conversation in the last 22 minutes, I've, I've realized that was so terrible to make me the yep. middle kid in that interaction. Yep. And I'm just like, again, I'm downloading all of this, like these times and like all the times it's been said, or like, it's just all running through my head now. So I'm still processing. Um, but just noticing like, yeah, that was probably absolutely terrible. Cause my worth as that kid, although my, my mom loved us, like that, no question yep. of her love growing up, but my money worth was whatever my dad was handing over. Like my worth as a child was in this envelope that every other week or whatever I would take from the car and bring it into my mom's house. Was it supposed to go to your mother or was it supposed to, was it yours? No, no, no. It was, I mean, we were under 18. It was like, you know, you have three yeah, kids. Yeah, but your dad can still give you money. I don't know. Every, every divorce has a different thing. Um, right. Usually but it goes to the parent. No, usually it goes to the parent. It was like it was like the custody child payments. support. Oh, child okay. support. Got there it, we go. Got child it, support. It, got Sorry. Got it, got it. Yeah, it was okay, the child I thought, support. I thought he was giving you like no, five no, bucks, and then no, your mom no, goes, no. He's like great. Now we can pay bills. No, totally opposite. It was more like he okay. was giving us a couple hundred dollars, and it yeah. was like this is your child support. Like this got is it. the child okay. support. But I still, again, there was like, oh, so we have three kids, and I'm just going to say a random number. I have no idea what it was. Let's just say it was $300, $100 per kid every week or something, right? Yep. It was like, okay, so I'm worth $100. That's my only value. Like money-wise, my value financially is $100. 
And I'm just thinking about how that has played out in my whole life mm. of just like never really valuing myself at a high rate. Um, and yeah, so wow. So that was just kind of a slap in the face of like, I've got to, I've got to take time off of a podcast and write about <laughs> this and think about this because now it's not the time to, to download all this information. Um, and it's also weird to put you in the middle. Right? Well, that's like, what I mean. Not, that's right. Unhealthy I would have never known. Yes, that's a very unhealthy relationship between your parents, like, right? And so that's not your fault, obviously. Right. But it's like instead of them being grown-ups and dealing with the issues themselves, they're putting you kids in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yep. your dad could easily walk up to the front door and hand your mother a check. Right. Yeah, there are many ways he could have given that money than <laughs> handing it right. to me, right? Um, right. So yeah, so just kind of all of these things that imprint us on where, what our value is in a money stance, right? Yes. Um, I have a question for you. Where did you learn that like a Versace, Versace, Versa, Versace? Versace. Yeah, Vers- like the pinnacle of success. Yeah. Who taught you I, that? I mean, from TV and movies. I mean, I remember Mike Tyson was the you know heavyweight champion of the world as I was a kid, and he was wearing Versace shirts all the time. Oh, okay. I think I used to watch those fashion shows on E, or I think it was E, they used to do, or VH1 or something. And it was, uh, you know, it's just like fashion. It was oh, just yes. from, it, they used to watch the, right, and I was a teenage mm-hmm. boy, so it was, I was watching for the nipple slips, right? That's what it was, <laughs> or the see-through clothing. But it was, yeah, it's like that stuff. And you read magazines, because I used to read like Forbes magazine as my teenage years or mm. it's like you so you see all this programming that existed you know the advertising the advertising advertisement right. but yeah. for movies and tv yeah like gucci and louis vuitton and all of these things were just like that's the if you could afford that then you're you're really you're doing made. something yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're rocking and rolling and as I, I i i feel the same way it wasn't necessarily versace but like I was more like cars on Long Island, like everyone had a car. So it was like, if you had a cool car, then you were like rich or whatever. And yeah, yeah, you know, um, was your, that your status symbol was your vehicle because you're like a teenager and you don't have anything else, right? Or your shoes, um, that's it. Or like even like wearing Abercrombie over wearing uh, Hollister, right? Right. Because Abercrombie was more expensive than Hollister and Hollister was more expensive than American Eagle. And then like, and then you had like Costco, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you know, and you knew what the little logos meant. You're like, I see you. Okay. I know where you got that shirt. Um, and so through all of that, like, I always kind of try to think about like, where did I learn this concept where like the dad or the, the father figure, the man of the house should make all the money because I didn't grow up in that. Like my mom made all the money um, and I didn't have that. I didn't have no relationship with my dad, but I didn't have a close relationship with him. And even in his relationship, he was married to a teacher. So she worked. Um, Yet I still, as a grown man, like I got married almost 10 years ago, this month actually in January. Um, So got married and... Jane Lee had a job, I don't know, like in somewhere between 10 to 12 years ago when I got together with her and now there's been a shift or at least the last few years of like 
the man makes the money. So like this programming that I clearly took uh, took on at a younger age that hasn't really shown up is now has in the last like six or seven years, like really became prevalent in my life. And it's interesting because I never thought that I would be that. Like I never care. Like I really never cared, never thought like I got to make all the money and I'm going to, my wife is going to stay at home or any of these things. Right. I always mm -hmm. was more of like, yeah, girl, like get your job, make all your money, like do whatever you need, like take care of yourself. Right. Cause I saw my mom and yep. she was my example. Um, but there was one instance. So now, but now you're feeling that you need to make all the money. So I would say that I, when we got married in 2012, there was this uptick of like, now we're married. Um, there was a lot of things going on within our Jenny Lee's family. Her father had just passed away. She had this new job. I, you know, it was kind of like this back and forth and yep. we ended up in my mom's basement. Like we had to move from Florida back home into my mom's basement. And that's when I think I just was like, we, this is never happening again. Like, I think that's mm. maybe where the switch turned on got of it. like, I've got to do something about this because this, like, we cannot live in my mom's basement. And, and you we moved can... back due to financial reasons? Yeah, yeah, got yeah, it. exactly. Got it. Because um, okay. we couldn't afford to live where we were living because um, Jaylee's health, mental health was down the drain because she started this big job two weeks after her father had just passed away. That's very unexpectedly, you know, um, so yeah, so there was just a lot going on and we decided we should just move back to my mom and get ourselves regrouped. We won't have to worry about rent, you know? And I, in that time I was like, I have like, this is, has to change. Like this can no longer be, I can't live at my mom's house anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so then we moved to Oregon, lots of things happened, couple of years go by and I've got my clothing company. I've got my part-time job. I'm still the main breadwinner of the relationship. And then Jane Lee starts her own company and her own energy work through SRT. And she starts making a bunch of money, like right away. Because there's like no overhead. Like, you know, it's pretty much just her and her knowledge and her abilities. And that's what she's getting paid for. Um, and she starts making more money than I do very quickly. And I kind of found myself holding her back because I'm just like, well, you can't ask for that much money. I mean, you just started. You know what I mean? Like live it, mm, like really wow. putting all putting all my shit onto her. Yep. Um, and I was totally unaware, totally unaware of what I was doing, just trying to take care of the family, just trying to make sure she's doing the right thing. And about a year of her making more money in her business than me and mine because now she was like at home working from home in her own business making enough money i'm going to a job part-time also working up pretty much a full-time in my clothing company and this girl's making more money than me right and i'm just like what is like, this is not fair right and i had to have this really big moment of like i am very jealous that my wife is making more money than me and I don't know what to do with that because it's not her fault. It, I should be praising her. I should feel lucky that I have a partner who's able to like pro help provide with the finances. 
And I didn't feel that way. I felt very like I wasn't doing a good job as a husband and like a caretaker of this relationship. And so that was a really hard time for us because I had to literally like, I'm very verbal. So I had to very much say to her, like, I am jealous. And that was a, that was a very hard, very hard conversation. If you were here uh, for our past episodes on anger, um, that's when I was breaking things in the house. And like, I had all this pent up energy and anger that I didn't know what to do with. Um, and it just wasn't a good look. And that's when and it, it was, was kind all of like, kind of stemmed because Jenny Lee was making more money than you. It's like, that was, it. I think that was like another turning point, right? So moving yeah. back home into my mom's basement was like, we're flipping the switch on. You've got like, you have a new mindset and you've got to get shit done. Like hustle mentality is on, like, let's go, right? Like go for it, balls to the wall. And then I think when Jenny Lee started making more money than I in such a organic way, it was like this like imbalance of like, I'm working so hard and you're like, sitting here with like your Zen music and like making tea for your clients. And like, I hear you guys laughing in there and, and I'm like in the cold, in the garage, like screen printing t-shirts until fucking two in the morning. Like, um, so yeah, I was very jealous. And like, there was this, I think undertone of like animosity and I'm totally unaware now I'm like, Oh, this was what was happening. And I was feeling this, but at the yeah. time I, I just was like, to myself, I was just like, you're fucking lazy. You should be putting in more work. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not doing this right. Like, just really like beating down on myself, you know? And what I is thought it, I how's it, how's it changed to today? So today, so after that, like awareness and talking about it and really started we started to realize that we had to see our, our each other's money as our money mm. and that the only reason that you know one of the things was could even she was able to you know cause she got fired from one of her jobs in Oregon and that's why she started her own business the only reason she was able to take those few months to start her business was because i was helping provide the financial the finances right so like yeah. that was like this I'm helping you and then and then she was able to get off the ground and then she was helping me and like the only even today right so Jane Lee decided Jane Lee and I decided for her to go full time take being Antler's like primary caregiver when Antler was born and she'll probably she'll this year she'll be beginning you know she feels comfortable she feels ready to start her business back up but you know that was about three years of her taking care of antler, providing us having different roles and responsibilities in our relationship. And that wouldn't have been able to happen if her and I didn't get on the same page that like, the only reason Aiden, that I'm able to make be on this podcast with you and do all of these things and travel and speak places and, you know, see client all of these things I do to make money is because she is taking care of our son. And she mm -hmm. is making it so that I don't have to go food shopping or think about eating or, you know, worry about whose birthday it is in our family this week or this month. Cause she's like, listen, these are the birthday cards, sign them. You know what I mean? And she doesn't have to worry about being like, I have to go food shopping, give me money. 
You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, here's the money for the food shopping. Antler needs shoes. Here's where that money is, right? Um, yeah. So we've just started to – we had to really work on, like, joining forces. Like, we are a team, and we support each other, and the only reason I get to do what I do is because you support me, and the only reason you get to do what you do is because I'm supporting you. Mm-hmm. And that was really the big game changer. But in order to get there, there was a lot of, like – internal work I had to do, internal work she had to do, and just really, really balance out that relationship of like, no, 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 like there's no, there's no my money, your money, like, it's all our money. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's literally all of ours. And do you have uh, a joint checking account or separate? Yes, we have a joint checking account. We have our separate accounts. Also, we do have separate accounts also. But um, we have we have more than just a joint checking account. We have many accounts that are joint, yeah. you know, mainly checking and savings. Yeah. yeah, mainly everything. And then we each have our own because, you know, yeah. with birthdays and shit, you know, I don't want to scroll through our joint account and see like, oh, she bought me something for my birthday right. at, you know Which is our mean? problem. That's our problem. <laughs> um, at least for Kate to me, not for me to Kate. Yeah. Because I manage all of our stuff. So I think the whole point of sharing this story is like, or at my side, is this concept that like, I grew up as a woman, as an empowered woman until I was in my, till I was 20 years old. And I never in a million years thought that as a man in the relationship, because I do think it had to do also in part largely of being the man in the relationship, that I would, I, I love to think that I would, I was like, Girl power, get it, like make that money. Who cares if you make more? I don't care if my wife makes more than me. And then my wife made more than me. And I was like, I'm not a good guy. What's wrong? I'm a failure. Oh, wow. And it was yeah. like, you know, and it was like, oh, where, where did all of this come from? What's going on? Like what I, I thought I was, right, like that feminist, you know, man. And here I am, like not really <laughs> – being that <laughs> right um and like you're the feminist ba- man until your wife is making more money than you and right say, yeah well that's yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like that's a lot of people because usually if you talk to guys and you say how would you feel if your wife made more money than you they would be like yeah that'd be awesome i would just stay home and i would do this and that right and then put that guy in that situation and and shit changes and yeah. then all of a sudden they don't feel very good um right so, so yeah, it's just like bringing up this concept of like, even if you think you'd be okay with it, are you really though? Like, are you really, really okay with it? It's a good question. So how about you? I mean, you know, in, in y'all's relationship, like have, did you have any jealousy or anything like that go on or like i'm just i guess i'm just curious since you guys yeah. were so intertwined and we were very business. intertwined from the beginning so what happened was is when we started kate and i never really dated right we we, we our first date was on a road trip around the united states which i, th- I think i've talked about that before so you guys we are kinda, you uh, guys are like there's a <laughs> my les the lesbian part of my life it wants to make a joke right now. And that joke is that like you two are like two lesbians because they don't date. They just like you haul it. They're just like, let's just, this has been really good few hours. Let's just, We're let's just take in. this to the next level. Let's just get the U haul, you know? Um, and I, you know, that's, that's literally like what, uh, 
a big joke. So any past lesbians out there, you're you're probably also laughing. So um, the <laughs> yeah, so it's been a interesting because I never dated anyone that was making more money than me. Because right out of college, I was doing like ninety two, ninety five thousand dollars a year working at Philip Morris. And so pay off I, that thirty five thousand in beer. <laughs> I had to pay off. Yeah, I ended up well with the house that I purchased and all that stuff. It ended up going to like thirty five thousand, and then I took on student loans. I mean, all in basically when Kate and I met, I had eighty two thousand dollars in student loans and pretty much about thirty five thousand in credit card debt. Mm. Right, you and were so a winner, it, <laughs> real winner. Yeah, and it was <laughs> that wasn't like a concern for me, like being in debt was a level of stress, but it never really took me out of moving forward. So for us, when we got together, we were on a road. What happened was, is it was early on in our road trip and we were in California and we were in this wilderness area. And I was like, I'm going to run out of money. Cause in my head, I'm the dude, we're on this date but we're on her road trip plan that she wanted to go on. So I just kind of hopped on board. And then in my head, I have to pay for the whole thing, right? Like the dude pays for dinner, right? Right. So I'm like, I just pay for the road trip. And I was like, well, I don't have that cash flow and I'm going to run out eventually. Cause this is, I brand new started my business. I had a 401k that I pulled the whole thing out of. I had like $42,000 in it. And I just, I dumped the whole thing. I paid the fees for it because I felt like I needed the money. I was actually on unemployment at the time doing, getting, because I was laid off from Philip Morris. So I was using the unemployment money to fund the business startup, right? That I was currently operating. And so I was at this place where I was like, okay, if this keeps going, like in three months, I'm going to be broke. Cause I was like calculating our expenses, all this stuff. And we had to have a really hard conversation about money at this point. Because mm. where she was in our in her business, I thought she was like rolling it in, right? So it wouldn't <laughs> been a problem. And she thought I was rolling it in, and <laughs> let alone I was this unemployed schmo that was like, you know, trying to like run a business. Really, just you're just hitching a ride to California. That's really the the whole concept. That was it. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> no, she wanted me. The, how it started is she wanted me to drive her from Buffalo to my house back in Phoenix because I was living in Phoenix at the time. So it was this, she wanted me to, I became her driver, right? Is the way that it's, yeah. And it actually, this is, that is, that story right there, I just connected. That's our whole life. Mike will mm. drive us there. Kate has the vision where to take it, right? Mm. And so Mike will explain how to get us there, right? That's like our life. That's how it started. Wow. That's, that's pretty big. Um, But yeah, that's how it started. We got in this huge like fight in the woods about, because I was just like, I, and I didn't want to tell her. Because it like being the dude, I didn't want to say like I can't support this train. Like I have to go get a job. And we and there was a decision that happened along the road. Because in the ten, we worked it out in California. We ended up we would split the expenses, and we had a conversation from there. And there was a moment in the road trip where we had a really good time for six weeks. We were together. We were supposed to be together for five days, and it turned into six weeks. And then I went back to Phoenix, flew down there. I was gonna get rid of all my stuff. And then get back on the road with her. And I applied for this job working at Lifetime Fitness doing sales. I would have crushed it. <laughs> and so it was a moment in the car. I was getting back in the plane because I interviewed with the job. They're like, we're going to let you know by the end of the week. And then when my start date was. And I was on in the car, like the taxi, going to the airport to fly back to see her in Colorado. And I called her and I was like, 
they offered me the job because I got it right. And I can start here and it's my decision whether or not. And I said, we, I was like, are you open to moving to Arizona? And she's like, well, I'm doing this business project in Colorado. So I don't know. And I was like, we either have to make a decision together that I'm going to, cause I, we, we laid out our financial plan early, you know, in this time we were like, here's the map. Like we're either in this together to work through it, or I'm going to have to go get this job and start here and live in Arizona. You can visit. And she's like, I don't think I'm going to go visit you in Arizona. And I was like, okay. So it was, a, it was a moment where the truth was I didn't want to take the job because I was like, Kate and I are starting this off. So let's get going. And I was like, are you okay if I don't take this job? Because it's going to work, you know, that where we are, like, this is it. And she said, yeah. And so it was a decision we made at that time where it's like, okay, the trajectory of our life was going to move forward. And there was also another moment where we worked, Kate's aunt and uncle have kind of been our business mentors early on, and they've been working together for a really long time. And they sat us down at the table. We were early on a relationship because we're having this weird dynamic of like making money. And there was a time where Kate's business was actually paying me as an employee. So mm. we structured it. So I didn't get a job. I just kept help building Kate Northrop Inc. And then she was paying me and it started to get really weird. We'd sit down, we'd do our money meeting, and then we'd she'd write me a check, or basically I'd write myself a check because I, we, I was managing the money from her account. And it just felt, felt weird, and her, her uncle and aunt sat us down and said, okay, there's three ways you guys can do this. You could be all in. Put it all in one account. You just you like pay your business expenses, personal expenses from this. You're just all in. You can do parallel lives. So you each are making this certain amount of money, and then you just say, say, okay, you pay for the mortgage and then you pay for this and you pay for that. And then you just keep living your parallel lives. But those necessities are getting taken care of, but you're not interacting about it. And where you can be parallel lives, but also intersecting. So you create like a dual account to say, okay, 3,000 a month, I'm going to put in this account, put in the account, and it's going to come out of the dual account, but we still are living our parallel lives. And so we were just like, okay, what feels the best to us? It's the be all in. And that's what happened mm -hmm. with us for the all in. And it went really well for, I would say, a, nine years of us running business together. But I would say in the last year, because I remember walking when Penelope was born with my buddy. And he's like, I'm so motivated. We just had our first kid and we're having a dad walk around in Maine. And he's like, I just had our first kid. I'm so pumped and motivated to like support the family and to make this money and get it going and this and I was like, I don't really have that. Is it like, and I was like, maybe it's because we're already farther along than they were because he just left dental school and they're getting his practice started. And, right, you know, it's like we have things established where we don't have to worry about paying rent and things like this anymore. But I also had to go through like the basic step of opening my credit card statements back in, you know, earlier on when Kate and I started, we sat down and we created, she wrote Money A Love Story. We created the Money Love Course we started doing month or weekly money meetings. So we were establishing this nurturing of our money and our finances. Mm -hmm. And that's what really set us apart in the difference, right? Mm -hmm. Is like for us is like, that's what changed the game. We both sat down and like, okay, here's how much credit card I have. We listed it out. I think at that time we had six different credit cards between the three of us and what the balances were, what the APRs were. And we're like, oh, the highest APR, let's knock them out. And it's like, boom, boom. We started working on hers, boom, boom. And we started working on mine, boom. And I told her one day, I was like, I'm just gonna pay all the student loans off at one time. Like, I'm not worried about it. She was like, you're crazy. I was like, I don't know, we'll figure it out, you know? And lo and behold, I paid off $83,000 of student loans in one day because we had a big launch in business and I just paid it all off in one day. But it was that it, we started nurturing our finances and we started mm -hmm. paying attention to it. It's like going to the gym, but 
for our money. And so right. we started, and so my level of financial awareness increased. And then for her, between the two of us, we, we were, because we were building a business together, I just always assumed we were kind of just all in together, right? Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't, I never thought about, oh, it's my wife's face on our company and I feel insignificant. What started to happen over the years though, is I wasn't being fulfilled. And I think that's, it would, that's a different thing for me than the, like the money aspect we're talking today is like what mm. I was doing in the company anymore wasn't fulfilling for me. And that's mm. like when I started to check out or I started to get aggressive or not aggressive, but grumpy on mm. our team meetings and with our team members, et cetera, and with Kate. But just to stick to the money conversation, we started, we started growing together and then we've been all in all the time and our money, our money spending mentality has always been the same. Like I talked earlier about my dad being the spender and my mom being the conservative. Kate and mm -hmm. I are both spenders, like hands down. <laughs> it's just like we buy what we want. There's not a big, if it's a large purchase, we have a conversation around it. You know, like if I was getting the car, like I just bought two new cars last year for trading them in, et cetera. And I'll just sit down with her to be like, okay, here's where it is. But here's where it comes with me, with my money story, is I feel like I'm going to make the wrong decision and I'm going to make a financial mistake. Mm -hmm. But with us, we're just like, okay, here's the numbers. And then we both agree on it and we move forward. But with what's happened in the last, for me, with money is I felt like I always had to research it so much to make the right, smart decision. Because if I made mm -hmm. the wrong decision, then I'm making... Like it's, it's going to be me as a failure, as like a man or I'm making the, like I'm making the incorrect purchase mm -hmm. on, I mean, an example is like, if we go, you know, like Kate would go buy, like the way her brain would work is like, I buy this coat. I don't like this coat. Let's go take it back and get a new one. Or it's like I wear the coat for three months and then that's it. For me, I'd like research a coat and I get the best coat. And it's like this coat has to last me for 20 years, right? Yeah. Like that's the value. The As I'm spending my money, this purchase has to last for 20 years. Mm. It's And so what happens with me on that, it creates so much stress and anxiety in my system. And I've realized that now. I didn't realize it until the past couple of years. But what's happened now recently... I won't d dive into all of the details because it's still like we're still working through it. But mm -hmm. since I left the company about a year ago, there was, in my brain, like we're still moving forward together as the path of the business. But what's happened in Kate's brain in a way and in her body is that now she's supporting the family because I'm not in the company anymore. And it's taking me a little bit to switch what's happening. And I also got really sick. So there's a lot of things that have happened in here. And... And I didn't see that happening. That wasn't something I saw coming where it's like, I left the company. Mike is no longer supporting the family. I'm here. I'm holding. And then Kate felt she's holding the family and the, which she was, you know, like, cause I was so sick. So she was really holding down the fort as being the primary quote unquote breadwinner mm -hmm. in this dynamic and that she was holding and felt a lot of pressure to it, but it wasn't pressure I was putting on her. It was just, it was like pressure that was self-imposed. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I would say this in the last six months or so, we didn't have agreements when I, what the mistake we made is when I decided to leave the company, I can't, you know, we can't go back. 
we didn't have agreements to be like, okay, you take care of the the rent for our house and food, Mike, and I'll keep, you know, I'll take half of that as well, and we'll divide it up in fifty percent. Because I think we've been operating for a decade of everything was one hundred percent all in, right? Yeah. And so yeah. we didn't have a conversation to be like, okay, what are you going to support? So let's say you got to make ten thousand dollars a month to take care of these expenses, and Kate's going to take care, keep running the business because the business is still operating. And mm -hmm. it's weird because in my head, it's like the business we grew was because of both of us. So mm -hmm. it's like both of us are reaping the rewards of that, but I'm just not showing up day to day to do the hustle anymore. Like Kate's still doing the hustle, right? Because I was got mm -hmm. sick. So what's happened now is that we're getting clarity to be like, okay, Mike's going to take care of these expenses. And then Kate's going to, so it's like, instead of being all in, like I shared with what Kate's aunt and uncle said us, there's an element of kind of living these parallel lives and then we're crossing over. Right. In a way, right? We're setting up these boundaries. And so there was an element for me for a long time about being the, the like, I, I don't think I ever had like the breadwinner. Winter? Bread, bread winter, yeah. The breadwinner idea of like the man does this thing. Mm -hmm. Because I think the dynamic that existed between the two of us was more all in from our beginning of our relationship. And I think what's happening now after 10 years is that's, kicking up a little bit for me now to be like, okay, look at this. I can make 10 grand and that supports the family, blah, 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 this. Mm -hmm. And it's become, I've had a, I've had a, instead of the pressure and the stress of the finances, I've had to take it to create a game around it for me. And it's like been fun. Cause to me, that's mm -hmm. the way I've always looked at money. It's like fun and exciting and it's just rolling with it. Right. That should and be so, another episode. Money, money, the game, money, the game. You could talk about it. Points. Is, it's a game. And I, I think what, for me, what's has been like, what you said is, is there enough? And the truth is, mm -hmm. I don't think there is, you know, like the mm -hmm. statistics show we push for strive and it's like, it's like $72,000 a year. It's once we get there, it basically, basically takes care of our basic necessities of life and the happiness of us increasing money starts to diminish after $72,000 a year. Oh, that's and I don't. I don't think there is like there's like because I think if you make a million dollars, you're like, okay, let's see if I can make two million dollars. If I make three million dollars, right. what can I make three? Right? right. It becomes a higher game. So it's as we're increasing our finances, we're just establish establishing a better relationship with our money. Because I don't know if there is a ceiling for people, right? And there could be. There could mm -hmm. be for people, right? Like the United States is much different than other countries, obviously. Right. And so I think for it's just that a relationship we have around finances, but noting like the money that we make now, pretty like I have a great life. I'm really like I'm, I've checked like all the boxes that I set when I was, you know, 16 years old. I want to accomplish besides flying mm -hmm. private. That's the other thing. Like that's one big <laughs> dream is like private aviation, right? <laughs> that would be amazing. But uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit about in we we've been in it for so I've had to like retrain myself in the last six to seven months to be like become the breadwinner in a way, mm. right? Like be that per not that I think the breadwinner conversation I kind of don't like to talk about it because I think it's I think it keeps us in a box of where we don't want to go a bread box a bread box <laughs> yeah the bread box. <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. Um, if we, we need, we need a uh, sound. I know we need a sound, a sound. A sound person. Yeah. But I think there is an element of, it keeps us stuck in that place to be like, I'm the breadwinner. And yeah. it's, it's not a place yeah. that we, it's not enjoyable.
everybody enjoys it. I think there's stress, there's stress regardless on couples and relationships in what we found, regardless of the scenario. But I think for me, it has been what you talked about is like, we're in this together. We're a unit. Mm -hmm. We're moving mm -hmm. forward as a unit. It's, we have a house that we live in. We have food that we live in and not to become competitive in the situation because we've discovered in our personalities, like we are competitive, Kate and I, and that can be good in business. And then it also can be clashing for the two of us. Like there's a lot right. where it's like, okay, I can compete with you. So let's mm -hmm. go type thing. And that's not healthy. So if for anyone interested, breadwinner comes from the United Kingdom in the 1820s. And it became such because across the 19th century, Bread was a staple food item for many families, and the breadwinner was simply the family member who brought home money, home the money, and therefore brought home the bread. I was curious of what that means. Wow. Why do you think? Because I don't think this is just an American thing, and I—I I mean, I don't know. I'm not too much of a world traveler in my life in this moment, so maybe I'm incorrect in this. But why do you think men are so keen to being like? Why do you think it's almost? kind of embedded in that way of like men are the breadwinners. Yeah, this is, I don't know this, but this is what came to me earlier in this conversation when you were talking about stuff mm -hmm. because families used to have like 12 kids, right? When a woman's pregnant every single, <laughs> you know, when she's giving <laughs> every birth year. And, and every year giving birth, like you're, and then you're, it's like somebody's got to raise these, right? It's like raising the kids in a way, but it's like every, you know, I mean, Jenny Lee was pregnant. You saw what happened. I saw what went yeah. down with Kate being pregnant. Like it took her out in many, yeah. all the time. But there was a huge like wave that took place during pregnancy where she's like, get a wave of energy. And then she's out for like a week. Right. Right. And then post birth with both of our kids, like it was really hard for Kate, like having post-traumatic mm -hmm. post, post, what's it called? Post-traumatic stress. No, no. Post-birth. Post post-partum. Post postpartum depression, right? Is that what it is? I can't remember that. But it's basically, you know, having a really hard time after get, having a child and then having to, you know, not having, sorry, excuse me, but breastfeeding the kid and feeding the kid and taking care of the baby. Like, it's really stressful, right? Mm -hmm. You do that. For, that's what so, it is. Postpartum depression. Postpartum depression. So think Fact that's check. a year, right? Let's just say you're pregnant for 10 months and then you got, I don't know, two to three six months post-recovery, right, type thing, right? Mm -hmm. And please, if there's ladies listening, I'm just trying to. So 18 months, right? And then you get <laughs> pregnant again, right, 18 months later, and then you're yeah. having another kid, another kid, another kid, and you do this 10 times. <laughs> it's like there's yeah. only one adult left in the household that can go, yeah. like, do make money, right? Yeah. So I don't know if that's where it comes from, but it, it's like thinking about the lineage of humanity, what we used to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that, it's always – it's always more than one thing, right? Like, yeah. um, and then we got to this point where people aren't having 12 kids, right? So like in the US in the last 120 years, we're not having 12 kids. Instead no. of 12, maybe we're having four or five, right? I think that was in the in the early 1900s, you were having four or five kids. And then as we progressed closer to the 2000s, it came like, like I remember growing up and if a family came in with four kids, people would be like, whoa, you got four kids. Even now. 
right? You yeah. have five kids. Yeah. Well, well, now I think it's more like I honestly see more now people are like two kids. If I could have two kids and a dog and how like that's the conversation I hear within my generation. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people not having kids. That's another topic. But for the ones who are, it's like this two number is and people are like, I want three. And then people are like three. Whoa, that's now you're outnumbering the amount of adults. That feels scary, right? Um, so it's almost like in the last 120 years, we kept we kept something in that, right? And I'm, I'm sure that's due to just like men are the ones who could go to school and yeah. go, yeah, you know, go to school, go to college, have a fucking bank account. I mean, right? Like yes. women couldn't even get a bank account, right? So we're like very much want to acknowledge that aspect of the history and why men are held as the breadwinner. But at the same time, like we're not in that. And again, like as someone who didn't grow up being told any of these things or feeling as though that was supposed to be my role as like, you know, because I was a woman, so that wasn't my role, so to speak, right? Like it's still something that you catch. It's like something you just catch. It's like when we're yeah. younger, regardless of how we are identifying how the world is treating us, we recognize what the what you know what the men are supposed to do and what the women are supposed to do and we internalize those things and then whether or not you continue your life as a woman or a man if you you know make some type of you know internal gender identity where you're switching in some ways right for lack of a better term you're you're you know for I'll speak for myself like just going from identifying as a woman to identifying as a man it's like I turned on all of those switches that I've internalized as a young kid of mm -hmm. what men are supposed to do and be. And that does make sense too, because Janely and I got together when I first started transitioning. We moved back home when I was first in the first five years of transitioning. And those first five to seven years are really about reestablishing who you are mm -hmm. as this new gender in the world, in society, right? Like you're learning more things about yourself. You're having all of these realizations about how maybe you, maybe you never really were a girl, so to speak, right? And so like, you're coming, there's like a new coming of age process, so to speak, in those first five or seven years. So that does make sense in like, well, I'm the man, right? Like, I'm going to prove my masculinity by being the breadwinner. I'm going to prove that I'm a real man, because I'm going to have a kid, and my wife is going to be at home. And right, like, I'm going to have, it's almost like a trophy wife in a way. It's like, you know, she stays at home with the kids. She gets this done, that done. I pay for all of the things. And that makes me a really manly, like, I am a man. Like, there's no question of my masculinity because look look what I got. You know, look at all the things I have. Uh, look at all the money I could make. Right. So it's it's like a an interesting, and it sounds like you had maybe more of that like, I'm curious, like, do you feel like you had more of that mentality, like, in your college years, and then upon meeting Kate, and upon having all of that, like, kind of making that switch out of the corporate into, like, entrepreneurship, so to speak, right? Do you think there was a switch there? Or do you think about the, like, like the breadwinning, like, quote, unquote, yeah, breadwinner, well, just or? like being six, like, your masculinity, or your, I know that, like, you've said in the past that you never really calculated, like, oh, this makes me a man. But I yeah. think there's always an underlying layer I of that. It. Yeah, I'm following. I think what what I, like thinking back to that, I never put that pressure on myself, you know, to be like I'm the dude. I have to. What I noticed though, 
I think I kind of gave that power away unconsciously to Kate as we were building the business. Hmm. It, there was an element of was like, okay, so her face is on there. How can we make money together? Like element of just kind of letting it to not putting that. So if we be the breadwinner, mm-hmm. right? There was a, there was a part of, I think being running the company that we ran kind of really messed me up in a way. It messed me up on my path of like where I was going as a man. Like I was on this trajectory as I was doing as a dude. And then I was surrounded by all these very successful women who were faces of their company Mm -hmm. and they were making a lot of money. And I heard a lot of conversations about the issues that they were having with their men and so for me, I just kind of, there was an element of just giving, turning over all of that stuff just to make Kate happy. Mm-hmm. And it created an enmeshment that wasn't healthy. And it f- screwed up our polarity in a way. And I think for me, I kind of lost that desire to produce because I was lost in the chaos of running a company. Because I was what the, if- does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a little more interested in the prior, though, because you were into, you know, you were trying, like you were saying, like you're reading Forrest Magazine, you're 16, you're putting money on a credit card because you're like, the point of having a Versace, I can't even say the fucking word. Oh, like status. Yeah, right. Like the status, like what's the status going to get you? Like women, it's going to get you, right? Like, right. Yeah. yeah. And so, money would get me respect, respect. Money would get me respect. It from other men, women, right? It gets me cars. It gets me clothes. It gets right. me freedom right. in this way. I mean, the under, like, the real reason I wanted to run a company and be in charge is that I could be at home with my kids. Like, that's what started. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. I knew I wanted to have kids one day, but it allowed me. Now that I've created that right. life, <laughs> you're like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to Montana, you know? Amazing. And so. I, I feel like that that was like the real underlying perspective. But mm-hmm. there is the other thing of the money and the status because I also thought it was fun. And I thought the freedom and the travel and seeing – like I would open these magazines and see the world. And I would see – what was the Rod the Rob report? That was the one where it's like a pen cost a million dollars or something, right? It's like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like $10,000 for something you write a pen. With, right. A pen, right? And I'm like – what's it like to hold a $10,000 pen in my hand, right? Like I would put myself there. Pretty much like, the same okay, as this. <laughs> it's it's a little heavier. Most likely right. it's probably, probably. Like heavier. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. And it's even, but there is like a status thing that happens. I, th- I talked about this before with the status of the airplane and yeah. the hotel, yep. right? It was mm-hmm. in that, mm-hmm. that realm of, because it's the feeling. But it's like, what does right. that feel like if I have a $10,000 pen in my hand? What's that? It's right. like, ooh, it's right. power. Right. right. It's like power and status. And and that's where I thought things were going. Like, that's what yeah. I thought was going to do. And I yeah. also thought it would be fun to, like, create that. And I mm-hmm. also knew it was unique. Right. For me, there wasn't a lot of people that were making a right. million dollars a year. In so Indiana. it puts me into this. <laughs> well, just in the United States at that time. Right. It was like there it puts me into this smaller category. And I feel like if I'm in the smaller category, I'm not following the masses. I'm not following the normal road of humanity mm. of where we're going. Like, I would like to be 
this person. I want to be the unique person. And so mm -hmm. that's like a lot of it where it came from. Yeah, some um, at some point between our growing up and now, it went from being a millionaire to being a billionaire. Now everyone wants to be a billionaire. They want their company to be at a billion dollars. Yes. Um, and I always think I'm like, that's a pretty big leap because it's I think first you're like, leap. first you're like, oh, I'd love to make like a, you know, oh my god, if I made a half a million dollars, like, oh my gosh, that would be so much money. And they're like, oh no, a millionaire. Wow, I want to be a millionaire. And then we just went from a millionaire. We didn't go to ten million, or I want to be a um, hundred, you know, hundred and twenty-five million. We were just like, let's bump it up, nine hundred and ninety-nine million. We're going straight to the bees, going right. Yeah. And now we're gonna have trillionaires. It's just like, what? What is going on? I mean, um, it's so like the number I saw the other day is in the last three years. I think it was the richest person in the world was worth like a hundred and two thousand, hundred and twenty million or so, or mm -hmm. one hundred twenty billion. I think that's what it was like. We just hit a hundred, hundred billion dollars, right? That's was that. Now I think Elon Musk is evaluate his evaluation is almost three hundred billion dollars. Like crazy. It's exploded, it's and crazy. just the separation of wealth that's taking place in this issue that we have that's right. happening right now. But I think that I don't want to, you know, that's a whole different topic, what we're talking mm -hmm. about here. But I, it, it is interesting to think about just money and like what we're doing on an individual level, like where are we putting mm -hmm. it? You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think, an, again, like, I, you know, I think that like for a lot of guys, there's just, you know, so like listeners, like, is, are you living in an illusion? What's your actual relationship to money? What have you been brought to think about yourself and your value when it comes to money? You know, um, do, yeah. do you like get real, like just get fucking real. Like, do you really want like some partner who is making more money than you? And if you, if you're, if you actually think about that, and you feel scared, like look into that shit because it's gonna fuck something up in yeah. the in the future. It will fuck it up. And if you think that if you're in a relationship and you think that whoever makes the money owns the money, right? That's also gonna create a really messy problem. dynamic, right? And so, um, and if you know, make sure you if you are the breadwinner, like make sure you communicate with your partner. Like this isn't my money, right? Like. This is our money. Like you're the breadwinner because you have that support of that person, yeah. right? Um, so I would I would just it's, think about all of those things. It is a very sensitive topic, you know, to have two people because you come into a relationship with money stories that existed with your parents and your grandparents that show up into a thing, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like the number one reason for divorce has always been this financial. I was just Googling it. <laughs> it was right? just, it's always it's like, what's the number one cause? It's always financial stuff, right? Yeah. And for the most part, and it's a very, and I think with dudes, as Aiden is saying, we, there's feeling shame that if we're not the breadwinner or even want to talk about it or just give, it's like, here, la here, lady, take a thousand dollars. Here's your allowance, right? You don't get any more. Mm. You can't spend any more. Or it's like, mm. I make all the money so I can spend whatever I want, but that's putting the family at a detrimental situation. It's like, that's the kid's college fund. That's this, but I mm -hmm. want to go buy this. I want to go buy my Versace shirt for two grand, right? right? right. So it's like this attitude. I think as we navigate and move forward as in culture in the world, we have to have these conversations and they are uncomfortable and it brings up a lot of stuff because we've seen it in our clients that have taken the money love course. Mm. And, but once we work through those things and we actually have a picture of how we came into this dynamic, 
it really pays it really changes the game in partnerships mm -hmm. it creates this um more loving environment that's like we are in this together you know it's it is it's it's like a big thing and i think it's really healthy to have because once we work through those that's when the wealth starts to generate like that's where we start to create wealth Mm. right we're, we're putting money in retirement we're having conversations about this we're learning how to maximize our tax benefits we're learning like that's where it's like because if we never get over those humps we're never gonna do that right we're it's like if we cannot have a basic conversation of where we actually feel now we will never start to build like wealth or generational wealth they say for the family and the dynamic that exists there mm -hmm. um and yeah. it's maybe you don't want to leave your kids anything that's fine but at least you, you know, it's like, at least you're not passing on your own money issues to them. Right. Right. I love it. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. You can catch us on Instagram at the state of men, uh, wherever you're listening to podcasts would love a review. I used to say a five-star review, but leave us your honest opinion. Like I'm not trying to, you know, if you hate it, I kind of want to know. Maybe not in a review. You can always email us, right? Aiden at thestateofmen.com. Yeah. But if you feel so called, um, you know, leave us a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. And we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. And uh, let's start this new year right. Have a good one, everyone.